Sean Payton got his first win with the Denver Broncos. Looks like Zach Wilson may have turned a corner against the Bills. And C.J. Stroud is looking like the best rookie quarterback after the first month of the season. Uh, but welcome to It's a Football Podcast, brought to you by USA Today. I'm Safa Dean, joined by Tyler Dragon. We are your NFL insiders with USA Today Sports. Tyler, just give it to me. I'm ready. I'm ready. Just give it to me. I know what you're going with, so just go ahead. Just, just hand it down to me right now, man. Yeah, you know, you were so high on the Dolphins. You were singing their praises, talking about they're yeah. the best team in the NFL. They're going to the Super Bowl. They got the best offense you've ever seen. Two was a yeah. MVP uh-huh. candidate. What what happened? They got a, a, a big dose of reality in Buffalo. And I think I picked the Bills to win, actually. And yeah. you picked the Dolphins. So I'm ahead of you in the picks. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, what was your – because the Dolphins, they got beat down. I mean, it wasn't yeah, even yeah, that yeah. close. They yeah, got beat sure. down. Mm-hmm. I, oh, do you see that? I think Buffalo scored another touchdown. Oh, you hit me with that one, Tyler. <laughs> let's let's take a flashback real quick to uh, my amazing prediction on the Dolphins and Bills game from last week. Dolphins on offense, uh, they're, they're just looking too good, man. Mike McDaniel – has one of the best games in the NFL. Uh, early coach of the year candidate, just like Tua Tagovailoa, is an MVP candidate, Tyler Dragon. Uh, I'm taking the Dolphins in this one. I think the Dolphins have Buffalo's number this year. All right, Tyler. Uh, obviously, real genius pick by me. Uh, really yeah. Nostradamus uh, of me, real there. Um, you know, uh, the, the I said the Dolphins would be doing the boat racing, and the Dolphins got boat raced instead. So mm-hmm. I'll eat the crow from you, sure. And I'm sure the Dolphins are eating plenty of it, too. Um, But look, man, this is a big game. This was a big game. Excuse me. Uh, The Bills told the Dolphins, go back in your corner, man. This is still our AFC East. Um, Josh Allen played amazingly. Um, And I was looking back to since Josh Allen joined the NFL in 2018, the Dolphins have lost to him 10 of the 12 times they've played together. Um, So Josh Allen owns the Dolphins. I don't know what he has so personal against the Miami team. I think he really wanted the Dolphins to draft him back in 2018, if my memory recalls back to the draft been visit. Off. Yeah, you're, you're damn right. You're damn right they would have been. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, maybe Josh Allen's really upset the Dolphins didn't draft him, but he's got a really great setup in Buffalo. Um, this was a big game, man, because we saw Buffalo in week one lose to the Jets, and, you know, it looked like Josh Allen of old, this and that, and in three straight weeks they've scored more than 30 points. Uh, last week, they scored 48 on the Dolphins on top of their head with a, a new defense under Vic Vangio. That's not really uh, played well in the first month of the season. Um, but, yeah, man, the, the Bills and the AFC East is still there. theirs for the taking, Tyler. I know that's hard for you to say. And then it was even funnier because, you know, we do our USA Today roundtable. And uh-huh. then I was reading it. I picked the 49ers, which – uh, this is a great you know, pick. They're, great they're pick. Undefeated. Yeah. So our roundtable was which team is going to last, uh, stay undefeated the longest. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh-huh. you know, smartly, I picked the 49ers. They're going to steamroll mm-hmm. throughout this whole season until they play the Philadelphia Eagles, probably. And you yeah. picked the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. picked them even last week. Um, yeah, you're yeah, right. So it's, so, it's okay, though. Now, we all take L's every once in a while. Uh, I take the least <laughs> amount of L's. Uh, that's right, yeah, uh, Last week was a, a, a big L for you, but that's okay. 
maybe you'll rebound. The Dolphins will rebound this week. They play the Giants, and Daniel that, Jones might I'm be in a cold too. tub right now. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, what did after after seeing the Bills and their dominance over Miami? Where do you think the Bills still stack up in the AFC overall, man? That's a good question. Uh, I will say they're playing the best football in the AFC right now. Um, Better than Chiefs, better than the Ravens? I would agree so, yeah. Yes. Uh, At this current point, they are the best team in the AFC, just the way their offense is performing and their defense. And this is without a defense without Von Miller. And when he comes back, we all know that he is going to raise the level of Buffalo's defense. But I really like the way Josh Allen's performing. Stephon Diggs is playing well. Offensive line is uh, playing pretty well, too. Overall, the Bills, yeah, I, I do believe that they're the best team in the AFC. However, when it's all said and done, I still have the Kansas City Chiefs and I still have the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I really like what I've seen from the Ravens, even though they've uh, battled some injuries of late. Those players are going to get healthy uh, aside of J.K. Dobbins. And when, once they all get healthy and get some chemistry, build a rhythm, they're going to be very, very tough to beat. So I think I have still like my pick of the Ravens coming out of the AFC. The Ravens coming out of the AFC all together. Preseason huh? pick. Wow. Stick, sticking with it. It looks good so far, man. Tyler, let's talk about the Chiefs because, man, uh, I don't know what, what it is. Jo- uh, Josh Allen had a bad game in MetLife. Aaron Rodgers had a bad game in MetLife. Sorry. And uh, Patrick Mahomes had a bad game in MetLife, too, against the Jets on Sunday night. Um, there was a clip of Taylor Swift talking to Brittany Mahomes, and it looked like Brittany Mahomes was like, I promise he doesn't throw it to the other team as much. I promise he doesn't, right? <laughs> While Taylor Swift is having vodka crayons and enjoying herself at the game watching Travis Kelsey. Um, but look, man, Patrick Patrick Mahomes had three interceptions in that game, and one of them got called back, um, and it felt like a phantom call. It felt like a call. It that, was. You know, the, it felt like a yellow the, the yellow phone call. You know, you pick up the phone real quick, and uh, – and have it come in. I mean, you look at the poor ref, and he's like pump faking on the flag. He's like, "Am I about to really ruin this? Am I about to really ruin this for the Jets and give the give the Chiefs everything?" Um, the Jets had a chance to win that game, man. And Robert Sala blew a casket on that referee, um, you know, for throwing that flag and giving the ball back to the Chiefs. And Patrick Mahomes wisely, you know, slid inbounds inside the five yard line to effectively end that game. Um, one thing I love the Chiefs that they do is they keep the ball in their hands. They do that better than probably any team in the NFL. Um, you know, obviously you could have kicked the field goal or scored a touchdown to give the Jets the ball back, sure, but why? Why would you? Um, so the Chiefs improved. Patrick Mahomes had a down game. Well, we've kind of seen this from Kansas City before, right? Patrick Mahomes, they can still kind of get by with a bad game from him. And the Chiefs are still sitting a little bit more pretty at three and one. Yeah, I- I'm a little concerned about the Chiefs, though. And when I say concerned, I'm concerned about their Super Bowl chances and their ability to win the AFC. And I say that, and I said this before, Safed, and I'm going to sound yeah. like a broken record. Their From last off- year, don't worry. It, it, their offense is concerning. And that I know that seems like <laughs> blasphemy to say, but I do not like Kansas City's receiver situation i've said it time in i I think every single podcast and it's 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 getting worse it's not even really getting better you look at they have 
I mean, outside of Travis Kelsey at tight end, it's like Travis Kelsey or bust. Is that that's their passing offense? You trot out, you know, Sky Moore, and he has zero catches. He's supposed to be arguably your number one wide receiver, and yeah. he has zero catches. I mean, I do like, um, you know, Rasheed Rice. I, I think he can develop maybe into uh, a number one type wideout. I think he had what three catches uh, against the Jets. I think they need to maybe lean in more to him and give him more snaps, give him more opportunities because he might be a receiver that can start separating from coverage. Uh, Chiefs fans always talk about how Justin Ross looks amazing in practice, amazing (laughs) in training camp, but he never gets playing time on the field and we never see him make plays. Uh, maybe they need to give him more opportunity. But when I'm looking at Sky Moore, when I'm, you know, looking at Kadarius Tony, at there's really nothing. They're not getting anything from them. And maybe Tony makes plays here or there, but he's more of a gadget player, uh, yeah. from what I'm seeing. So if they don't get that right um, when they play stiffer competition. And when they get into the playoffs and play teams like the Ravens, uh, I, I do not see them winning the game because it can't be just Patrick Mahomes being Superman and Travis Kelsey bailing him out on a Patrick Mahomes scramble. And he miraculously finds Travis Kelsey who gets open a soft spot in his own. Like that can't be your winning formula <laughs> to win well, they- a meaningful playoff game. Yeah, I agree with you, Tyler. And we kind of said this about the Chiefs last year, too, because it was their first year without Tyreek Hill. And and it just speaks to the type of player that Tyreek Hill is, um, you know, from when they lost them in the drop off there at the receiver position. Um, But look, man, the Chiefs are playing offense like this for the past year. And this is another year for them to continue to play it and to get all those other guys, like you mentioned, like Sky Moore, like uh, Rasheed Rice, like Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um, just opportunities to make plays and just move the chains for Mahomes to kind of figure the rest out, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, maybe the best quarterback of all time. And this is the opportunity for him to really shine and show that he can continue to, um, you know, keep his game at the upward trajectory as it is, right? Um, we've shared these concerns about the Chiefs offense year in and year out the last two years. And the Chiefs have found a way to be successful and still win. Um, you know, I really liked what I saw out of Isaiah Pacheco in that last game. He's also on my fantasy team, so good looks, Isaiah. Um, but also, we've seen some great contributions from other players on this team, like Jarek McKinnon, who went on an absolute tear to end last season with some touchdowns out of the backfield for Mahomes when he's checking down. Um, we've seen Rice make some plays, like you said last week. He needs to make some more and, and be a little bit more involved in the passing game. Kelsey's obviously always going to be there and be the safety blanket for Mahomes. And if that's their recipe for success, we know what it's going to be. Um, and it's been hard to stop those two in particular, Mahomes and Kelsey, over their years uh, in Kansas City, too. But the Chiefs have 14 more games this year, man, or at least 13, right? And it's more opportunities for them to get right and play together on offense and find some continuity and get back to where they were when they won the Super Bowl last year. Um, but I'm not going to count the Chiefs out at all because they got the best player in the world on their side. And sometimes that's all you need. And against the Ravens, that could be good enough because sometimes you don't know if Lamar Jackson is going to give you everything like he and Mark Andrews gave against the Browns last week. You know, uh, Lamar Jackson's improved so much 
Um, and I think he's a brilliant passer compared to what other people have said. He showed it with that Andrews touchdown last week in the corner. That was one of the best plays I've seen um, probably all week last week. Um, but I don't think the Ravens have enough to kind of stand toe to toe with Mahomes and the Chiefs. Um, but it could be different, you know, later on this season. So here's where I disagree with you. I agree with a lot of your points, but I disagree with you here. It's worse than last year and their receiver situation because last year he gets a lot of flack, but Juju Smith-Schuster is a pretty good receiver, and he was the Chiefs' number one wide receiver last year. And for those who think disagree, he had 78 catches and 933 receiving yards. He was almost a 1,000-yard receiver. He was the only player outside of Travis Kelsey to be targeted over 100 times. So when you look at that type of player leaving – who do you have filling that void? And right now they have nobody filling that void. And Juju Smith, he can, I mean, he's a lower level, number one type of wide receiver. And he can separate from coverage. He can make plays. The Chiefs don't have anybody on their roster at this current moment that is better than Juju Smith-Schuster at the wide receiver position. Now, maybe Sky Moore can be that. Maybe Ross can be that. Maybe Rice can be that, but they're not that yet. So the hope is for the Chiefs and Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, is one of those players can develop into that role. However, right now, <laughs> they're, they're not that. So that's the question that the Chiefs have to answer before they get into the playoffs. Because if they get into the playoffs, having this type of offense, uh-uh, they're not going to be in Las Vegas. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I can see Kansas City getting bounced, um, and and then all it takes is one game for nothing to go their way, right? Um, mm-hmm. So we saw it, you know, earlier this year, the first game of the season against Detroit when they didn't have Kelsey at all. They also didn't have Chris Jones in that match. Um, I said match because I'm covering a lot of Leo Messi in soccer. That's funny. <laughs> hey, it's, uh, it's a match. Game it's a match. It's a yeah. match too. Yeah, for sure. Um, but. A lot to be desired for sure, especially for the defending Super Bowl champions. And we will see if they can get it together, man, because in my point of view, and I'm sure yours too, if there's anybody that can help this team get right or two people that can, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes and it's going to be Andy Reid and it's going to be Taylor Swift. Oh, Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Tyler, let's talk about the Denver Broncos, man, who are coming off a thrilling 31 to 28 win over the Chicago Bears last week. So the Broncos got into this game, obviously, after their 50-point blowout loss to the Dolphins in week three. And at the end of the third quarter, or excuse me, almost at the end of the third quarter, they're down 28-7 to in Chicago against the Bears. 0-4 was definitely on the brink for them. And somehow, some way, Russell Wilson and the Broncos turned it up and got out of Chicago with a win. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for a team's first win. Yes. Um, I think that can definitely help the Broncos kind of move forward. Uh, but check out this quote from Sean Payton after the game, man. Oh, it's classic Sean Payton. Let me pull it up real quick. Cause I just had it. Sean Payton said after the Broncos beat the bears 31 to 28, look quote, I don't want to sugarcoat anything. We're going to play a lot better teams on our schedule And no disrespect to Chicago and Matt Eberflus and what they're trying to do. I'm sure the feeling's the same here. But I think the win was important for the group. 
damn, Sean Payton, like not even showing any love to Chicago or anything like that. He treated Chicago just like Nathaniel Hackett after that win. Um, <laughs> but like he said, a, a win was really important for that group. And uh, I wanted to get your take on on Denver's first win this season and what Sean Payton has to do the rest of the way out in Denver, Tyler. Somebody had to win that game, right? And even though the Broncos won, I didn't build any confidence <laughs> in that team. I mean, their defense is bad. Their offense leaves a lot to be desired. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell Wilson is playing a little bit better than he played last year. Um but the Bears, man, they're a dumpster fire. And oh, yeah. To, to, to have that game at home, to collapse in front of your home fans, you're already winless on this season. There are a lot of people that are in over their heads um, in Chicago. And <sighs> woof. <laughs> they, they, the Bears have had – I know they're glad that it's October now. Because their September was awful. I know their October started bad, losing on Sunday. They, they might be the worst team in the NFL. Now, the only silver lining is I was saying something. If the draft started today, the Bears First would have the one first pick? and the second pick. So, oh, what the Cardinals should have. Yeah, what the Cardinals should have. So the Bears would have the top two picks in the 2024 NFL draft. So you can change your franchise around right then and there. Draft Caleb Williams. <laughs> draft uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh-huh. I don't know what you're going to get for Justin Fields right now. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a bag of chips and a nah. Chicago hot dog and some deep dish pizza. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I don't know what you're going to be able to get for him. Um, All right. Hold oh, on. Man. You got to let me you got to let me chime in on Chicago here because they picked <laughs> the right quarterback. They made the right moves for the quarterback. They picked the wrong coach. They picked the wrong coach. Anytime you have a defensive coach with a rookie quarterback, it's a bad recipe for success. We've seen it with Matt Eberflus here in Chicago. We've seen it with Brian Flores and the Dolphins. Um, we've seen it in some other instances as well, too, where it doesn't like Robert Sala and the Jets and Zach Wilson. Defensive coach, rookie quarterback, bad mix for a rebuild. That's going to be in my book of NFL ways to be a successful franchise. Don't do it. And the Bears did it. The Bears could have had Nick Sirianni. I was actually reading up on this. The Bears could have had Nick Sirianni. He could have had um, – who was the other uh, – he could have had Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn would have been a better defensive coach for your rookie quarterback because he just energizes everybody around him. And we saw what he did with the Falcons, who had Matt Ryan, right? Um, I just look at the Bears as a big dumpster fire, yes. I think even if, like you said just now, too, with Kayla Williams, if you have the number one pick and you get rid of Justin Fields – I think Anthony Richardson might have been a better option, and you already had the number one pick last year, and you traded it away for the Panthers, right, um, to get DJ Moore, who has shown up well a little bit in some games. But that offense is bad, and Matt Eberflus was kind of in a Eberflus, if you will, uh, during that press conference because they left Chase Claypool. They told Chase Claypool to stay home. How do you deal with that when you got a receiver that's not doing well? Chase Claypool, for his part, has not done anything well for him the entire time he's been in the NFL. Um, but like you said, this is going really bad for that GM and that coach in Chicago right now. It's like a rebuild that's continuing to continuing to be rebuilt and not really being built. If I, if that makes sense, they just feel like they're on the ground floor every week, man. So if I if I'm Chicago and I'm the owner, I probably clean house, and I may keep my GM. I may not, but yeah. I'm cleaning house. And yes, I'm uh, 
saying giving Ibraflus a pink slip, and I'm drafting. If I have number one pick, I'm drafting Caleb Williams. And if I, I mean, have number two pick, I'm giving getting Marvin Harrison Jr. Now, so let me ask you this. Sure. If the, the Bears do get the number one overall pick, are you telling me you would rather keep Justin Fields and trade the number one overall pick or draft some other players? That's what you're telling me. No, uh, that's not what I'm telling you. Uh, that's okay. a decision. That's a decision for an April podcast, and not not for uh, right, October one. Decision's already made. But the, so. but the, Chicago, <laughs> the Chicago Bears need to start thinking. That's for sure. They need to start thinking. Uh, Caleb Williams looks good, especially after that six touchdown game he had against Colorado. Um, I mean, you and I could throw up six touchdowns against Colorado defense. They're not that good. Dion's good. They're not good. Shador is okay, not great. Um, Shador needs to stay in another year in school. But I digress. Let's get back into uh, the NFL talk here. Um, the Bears got a decision to make, man, and they have a bad offense and a bad coach. So they got a lot of decisions to make. And that's on the GM for making all these hires. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the first time GM to uh, Ryan Pohl. So uh, we'll see how it goes into Chicago. Um, but things are looking up in another area of, of the country, Tyler, and it's looking up for the Houston Texans. Um, I could not believe the Houston Texans. I think they might have finally gotten it right. I think they might have finally got it right. You look at all the coaches that have come through there. Lovey Smith, who was the other guy before Lovey Smith, also had one season. The re- the receiver coach from the Ravens, I completely forgot, man. This poor they guy, we forgot Bill his O'Brien. name. They also had Bill O'Brien, and he traded away all the best players on the team. Right. <laughs> you know, so Houston's coming in after a tremendous, tremendous rebuild, and I think they got it right with D'Amico Ryan's as the coach. And I think they got it right with C.J. Stroud as their quarterback. Um, Check out the stats C.J. Stroud has made uh, in his first four starts, Tyler. Second most yards by a rookie through the first four games. Um, He's, uh, you know, 1,212 yards through the first four games. Second only to Cam Newton, who had 1,386 with Carolina in 2011, right? The Texans are 2-2, not bad. Lose two, win two, but... For a team that's rebuilding, very, very respectable, um, especially after you, you get the second quarterback in the draft, as they did in April. Uh, Sunday was C.J. Stroud's second 300-yard passing game. Uh, he's thrown six touchdown passes and has an NFL record for rookies with 151 pass attempts without an interception. He's also the first rookie since the merger with 250 yards and two TD passes and no interceptions in the first three games. I know that's a lot of stats for all the viewers out there to kind of take into consideration, but uh, the best part of C.J. Stroud in that and after that Houston game, Tyler, was, in my opinion, the message he had for the fans, where C.J. Stroud said, quote, y'all, y'all deserve to feel special. Y'all deserve to root for the Texans to win. And, uh, you know, and that is inspiring itself for the Texans fan base after the past, what, four or five years of dysfunction. Uh, Tyler, what do you think about C.J. Stroud and his place in the NFL after the first month, especially with everything that we kind of said about him in the pre-draft process and him landing uh, number two to Houston? I'm pleasantly surprised. I mean, the way he's performed um, at such an early stage of his career, his poise, his maturity, his ability to throw receivers open. Mind you, Texans don't have a good receiving core. They really <laughs> you look at their receivers top to bottom. I, I'm, it, it's just 
it's somehow really- Nico Collins is killing me every week in daily fantasy, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it, Nico Collins is pretty good, but it, it, when you look at those receivers on paper, when teams are game planning for those receivers, they don't have anybody that scares you. Was what I'm trying to say. So the way that he's elevated that offense at such an early stage of his career is very impressive. He's at this point. At the quarterway mark, he's the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's top five in passing overall in the NFL. He's a, above my boy Justin Herbert in passing yards. He's That's number four. He's number four. I just only said my boy because he used to That's your and, boy. But he, yeah, he is performing. And I'm very uh, impressed with uh, Domingo Ryan, the way that he's uh, coached this team up the way he's uh, made this team believers. We all thought the Texans were in rebuild mode. The Texans, they they can sneak into the playoffs. The way mess around? You think they're going to mess around and make the playoffs? They mess around and make the playoffs. Not a they the beat down the Steelers. If they was in the NFC, sure. Hey, hey. <laughs> I mean, the way Jacksonville's performing – I mean, Jacksonville's a roller coaster right now. They they might win the division. They might win the division. Now, I don't have them, but it, it would not shock me the way that Jacksonville's performing, the way the Texans are. But yeah, credit to credit to CJ Stroud for uh, this early start in his career. Like you said, second most passing yards ever by players. First four games, and D'Amico Ryan's uh, he's a coach of the year candidate too. Yeah, sure. I, I give him that. Uh, I think he's still going to go to down to the coach who has probably one of the most wins in the league versus mm-hmm. uh, who's done a great job in a first year rebuilding process. But Houston's on the up and up, man. They're ready for takeoff. Oh, man, that was so bad. That was so bad, Tyler. Why'd you let me say that? Why'd you hey, let me I say that, Tyler? You wanted to, so I'm going to let me have it. Before we get into our picks, uh, I can't believe you just said CJ Stroud is better than Justin Herbert this season. Oh, no, I didn't say that. I said he's better than Tua, and I'd rather have C.J. Stroud than Tua as my quarterback because <laughs> the, potential, the potential is higher. Tyler, I love our friendship. You just you know take the knife <laughs> and you turn it you know, <laughs> clockwise and counterclockwise each way. <laughs> Guys, let's get into our favorite portion of the podcast. We are rolling along here. It's time for Tyler and I to make our picks for week five. Uh, now, Tyler, you had a great week last week. You were 5-0. and uh, Soffit was 4-1 and because um, he was an idiot and picked the Dolphins over the Bills. Uh, so let's get right into it, Tyler. You caught up to me like Usain Bolt overall this season, and uh, it's time for me to assert my dominance once again. So let's get off to the first game, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be staying in London. Well, after they went over the Falcons on Sunday, and welcoming the Bills to town. Buffalo's heading across the pond for this game, and I believe it's going to be in Tottenham Stadium, not not Wembley. Uh, for those in London out there listening to us, if it's one of you, thank you. Um, but Jaguars-Bills, Sunday in London, 9 a.m. Hopefully there's a Toy Story game for that. I really enjoyed that broadcast. Uh, but Tyler, <laughs> who would you have in Jaguars and Bills this week? Well, I hope the Jaguars are enjoying their uh, vacation in London. I hope they're sightseeing, seeing the London. Uh, they're also practicing and, uh, too. They're practicing uh, too. Fishing chips. Big Ben over there fishing chips. Enjoy, enjoy the week because uh, the week's going to end in L to the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are going to go to London and they're going to win the game. 
I have them winning kind of comfortably too. Really? Okay. So I'm going to surprise you in this one. I'm going to take the Jaguars in this one only for the fact that they're staying in London this week. Um, I think that has a lot to do with it. I, I think both teams kind of have to deal with this travel overseas. Um, you know, that that whole operation that it is for the team to get everything over, get into the hotel, go practice somewhere. That's a soccer field pretty much. Um, and then go into another stadium and play in another part of the world. Um, I think just because Jacksonville was already there and they stayed after their win over the Falcons last week, I think that helps them. I think Trevor Lawrence played, you know, pretty decent against the Falcons last week. Sure enough, Atlanta didn't have anything on the other side. The Bills will bring it, but I'm not sure how much they're going to bring it on on Sunday. And just being the Dolphins guy, I got to be, I got to pick against the Bills, man. Yeah, I knew it was sour grapes over last week. (laughs) (laughs) very much the case tyler very much the case uh let's get into our second game here tyler uh we have the cincinnati Bengals. yes the Bengals are going into a barn burner of a game barn burner i tell you um but they're going to face the arizona cardinals this week obviously since he lost to the tennessee titans 27 to 3 uh, uh, in a in a really lopsided game, whereas the Cardinals obviously took a beat down um, by the San Francisco 49ers last week. Cincy in Arizona, 405 Eastern game. Who you got in this one, Tyler? I'm almost done with the Bengals. If they lose to the Cardinals, it'll be officially time to push the panic button. They, mm-hmm. Their offense looks terrible, stuck in neutral. Yes, Joe Burrow is hurt, but it's bigger than that. I mean, even when you're hurt and you can't, your statue in the pocket, your offense still has to be a little bit better than that. Maybe utilize Joe Mixon a little bit more. Jamar Chase is getting frustrated. He's saying he's always open. If the Bengals lose to the Cardinals, yes, this game is in Arizona. But if they lose, I'm officially done. It's time to push the panic button. But I'm going to pick the Bengals begrudgingly because they have not given me any confidence with the way they've started the season. Man, the, the Cardinals win over the Cowboys just gives me concern, man. Like, I think the Cardinals don't care who come in. I think the players have no idea that they're tanking. They have no <laughs> idea they're supposed to be losing with two first-round picks. And uh, and 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 Kyler Murray, they're getting ready to trade him to the Falcons or whoever else. The Jets, maybe. Who knows? I don't know if the Cardinals players got the memo of what's going on there. The coach definitely hasn't. Um, but they've been playing pretty well. Obviously, they got handed to them by San Francisco. Who hasn't? Um, but I, I can't pick against the Bengals in this one. They're they're better overall. They should be. Um, but like you said, I'm already pushing the panic button a little bit on on Cincy right now. Joe Burrow either has to get healthy or get right real soon. And I don't know what the recipe is for Cincy in that game. And the last thing you want is a lost season in Cincy because you're paying Joe Burrow fifty five million dollars, and now you got to pay Jamar Chase too. T Higgins rib injury kind of concerns me a little bit, but I still think. The Bengals have enough, even if T doesn't play. So we're both going to take the Bengals over the Cardinals this week. All right, Jets and Broncos. Why are we picking this game? Because Zach Wilson kind of played a little bit better. Uh, <laughs> the best we've probably seen Zach Wilson play against the Chiefs on Sunday night. Man, it was really kind of eye-opening to see Zach Wilson say, hey, man, it's my fault. We lost that game. But to be honest, in that game, there were several times where the other players, the Jets players, completely dropped the ball, mm-hmm. literally, for Zach Wilson. It was like they couldn't believe Zach Wilson made a good play, and it was so good they were, like, surprised when the ball came their way. You know, there was a couple drops in that game that the Jets could have had, obviously, if there wasn't for that phantom call like we spoke about earlier. But uh, Jets at Broncos, two bad teams, two teams going to nowhere. 
Uh, Tyler, who you like in this game, man? This is I'm like picking a lesser of two evils. I think. I guess I'm gonna pick the Broncos, even though something tells me the Jets might sneak in and win this game because they have a little bit of confidence after I guess last week's moral victory. If there are any moral victories in the NFL, <laughs> um, I, I guess the Broncos, since the Broncos are at home and they can't lose to the Jets at home, right? Because they're they're in danger of that crowd booing. You know what? I'm going to go the opposite here. I'm going with the Jets <laughs> in this one. I think there's a something for togetherness that kind of um, over, you know, gives me the Chiefs over the Broncos in this one. Robert Sala has that team believing. Um, obviously, they need to get it together on offense for sure. Zach Wilson played a lot better, but did he turn a corner in this game Sunday night? I think he probably peeked his eye over a little bit and, and looks and <laughs> sees what's on the other side of that corner. Um but he's he's still got a lot of room room for improvement, and that Jets defense is 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 really good, man. It's really good. Um, outside of DJ Reed running past Patrick Mahomes, which I didn't understand at that moment where he could have had a sack, <laughs> Jets defense was playing really well. I think they're a lot more together than the Broncos. We'll see if the Broncos could put another win uh, after their win in Chicago last week. I'm taking the Jets in this one, man. I want to see the Broncos actually do it. That's why I'm picking New York. Tyler, let's go to your favorite division in football, the AFC North. And we've got a big-time matchup again. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are going to face the Pittsburgh Steelers at 1 p.m. Usually we do the 1 p.m. games first and the 4 p.m. games. My bad. We're going with a quick podcast this week. Uh, but, Tyler, who you got in this one, man? Um. You know I'm not. You know I'm not going to pick against the Baltimore Ravens, especially <laughs> especially when Kenny Pickett is battling an injury and is going to be out this week. I, I got mm-hmm. the Ravens easily. Yeah, easily very much too. If you kept the Ravens defense last week, keep them this week uh, against the Steelers. Um, but yeah, the Steelers offense just concerning. They picked the wrong quarterback, in my opinion, on top of Kenny Pickett being hurt. Um, and the Ravens look like they're doing really well. Um, and shout out to the Ravens, man, to be able to get two easy wins, potentially. If you get the Steelers win, you got that win over the Browns last week. You know, the AFC North is looking really, really good for them, like you mentioned. And the path for them to get into a top four playoff seed is looking really well, too. If they beat the Steelers, they'll be 3-0 and in the AFC North already in week five. It'll be a beautiful place to be. Let's get to the game of the week, Tyler. The game of the week. Can't wait to see this on Sunday Night Football. The Dallas Cowboys uh, coming off a win last week over the New England Patriots. Easy win for them, but they're 3-1 and one going up to San Francisco. 4-0 49ers after a huge win over the Cardinals last week. There's a rematch of the NFC title game, I believe, right? Yes. No, no, no. Sorry. No, no, no. no, no, no. Uh, Not the playoff game, uh, but a playoff game last year, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, where we saw poor Ezekiel Elliott. Was that the one where he uh, had to hike the ball yeah. <laughs> against the 49ers? His, his last game with the Cowboys. Cowboys 49ers this week. Um, I don't know who would pick the Cowboys and why. Um, you pick the Cowboys. No, not me, man. I'm not that stupid. Plus, I still got to keep toe-to-toe with you in this picks dinner bet that uh, it's not going to be fulfilled when I win. Um, but look, I think this is going to be a, a game that they miss Trevon Diggs, any defenders to help tackle Christian McCaffrey on the outside um, would help tremendously. I'm taking the 49ers in this one. They're going to go to five and zero. The 49ers are the best team in the NFL. They're on a 14 game regular season winning streak dating back to last season. 
Brock Purdy still has not lost a regular season start. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, whoever has him on his their fantasy team, is dominating right now. Number one pick I mean, for a reason. 49ers defense is playing at a high level. Debo, Ayuk, Kittle. Yeah, number two picks are behind in the NFL. NFL. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I give it to him for sure. I, I would. I got 49ers, Eagles, Bills, Chiefs, Dolphins. Who you got? I know. I like how you snuck the Dolphins in there. <laughs> what are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I like how you snuck the Dolphins in there. I, I have the 49ers, Eagles. I probably say the Bills, Cowboys. Cowboys over the Ravens? No, 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 49ers, Eagles, Ravens, okay. Bills, Cowboys. Wow. Top five ranked games by Safin and Tyler to wrap. It's a football podcast. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in this week. We cannot wait to uh, see this week's games and come back to you again next week. But thanks for tuning in. If you haven't already, download the USA Today Sports Plus app. It's available wherever you get your apps to get your breaking news and updates on your favorite teams. Go ahead, download the app, pick your favorite teams, watch the updates roll in, and also share It's a Football Podcast with a friend of yours. We're available everywhere. But thank you so much, guys, for listening, and we'll be back again with you next week.